Welcome back to the Best Foot Forward podcast. It's me, Vic from Salavic, and I have here with me Amelia Deskis of Studio Deskis. Yes, <laughs> we're having some trouble starting today. Yo, um, literally, do not know how to yeah. podcast right now. Yeah. We just did this yesterday. I know. I know. What the heck? Just some days feel better than others, and and I think that's okay. We're keeping it real in the studio. We are keeping it real, mm-hmm. and if we're keeping it real, let me just say on record, like. I'm struggling a little bit it's because struggling how? just like you know, like I, I'm starting to feel the pressure of this podcast, <laughs> right? Okay, like yes. we literally before we started this this episode, we had a conversation about like where this is going, what happened, what's happening with season two, what's mm-hmm. going to happen with season three, and again, this is totally candid off the camera that we're now just bringing on camera right now because it's actually like really like top of mind right now. Yeah. I like that you're bringing this up because that's what this, the point of this podcast is, right? To yes. share what we're going through and the day-to-day of all of this. And it's real. It's like a ever-changing, constant challenge of trying to figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with our topic today. Yeah. But just wanted to just like say there. that yeah. out loud yeah. because maybe somebody else shares the same struggle that some days just is not working. Mm-hmm. You know, I think as a creative, this is this is common in every project. Like not just not just podcasting. It's like in my own work, sometimes I feel this way where it's mm-hmm. like I don't know what I'm doing. You know? Oh yeah. Um, okay, but what do we want to talk about today, though? What is the topic? Okay, so I know I know you're a hustler. You know, like we have this personality type that's, that's really frustrating. We cannot sit still. (laughs) It's like, we We cannot, that we cannot. And I'm actually very proud of that. Yeah. And, and doesn't even watch TV. So what do you do in your free time? Even when you were working, you know, I want to hear about how this came to be. And I don't think this is like an overnighter thing where all of a sudden you just decided I want to start my own, my own thing. I feel like you've always had this. Let's call it the entrepreneurial spirit inside. And like, I want to hear about your side hustles. If you have. Okay. Literally before we decided that this was going to be the topic for today, you asked me if we can talk about, if I can talk about side hustling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I mean, I guess I can, but you know, like, what about you? Yeah. And then you started like spitballing, like all the things that you've done in the past that I knew nothing about. First of all, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) where is this coming from? How come I knew nothing about this? Yes, we need to talk about this today. Perfect. Because I think one of the questions that we get often from our people is, yeah, like, how did you get to where you are today? Mm -hmm. And, And I think what a lot of people don't know about is, all the things that we failed at doing to get to where we are today. And not that we're hugely successful because we're still trying to make it, Mm -hmm. make it per se. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to share like what we've done in the past that didn't really quite work out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things, a lot of things. So many things. Yeah. But every time I feel like every time something fails, as long as you're somebody who learns the less learns a lesson from it, pick yourself up, you can start again. There's no shame in 
failing. And I think a lot of really successful people in life have failed at least once, if oh, not multiple many, many, of many times. times. Yeah. Wait, okay, let me ask you this real quick, though, before we get into it. Are there people around you that are more scared of you failing again than you failing again yourself? Good question. I feel like I've been sheltered. Like, I almost feel like nobody really had the confidence that I could do something. So every single time they'd entertain me and be like, oh, they'd humor me and be like, yeah, yeah, like, good job. Do, keep doing what you're doing. But nobody, like, truly believed in me. So I, I, don't, I don't know if they're, like, scared of failure or what it is, but... But yeah. they don't outright say it to you. It's like, oh, were you going to try that this time? Like, remember what happened last time? Does, do you have anybody in your life that kind of does that? I, the worst thing that I hear is like, oh yeah, you, Vicky, Vicky and her like get rich quick schemes and like, you're just trying to make money. Like all the ways that you could possibly just earn an extra buck. Like, And she's what gone. is wrong with that? There is nothing wrong yes, with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and what frustrates me is like, I feel like these people that are really close to me fail to see like the true intentions of why I'm doing that. You know, even as a kid, like I would try to do, for example, like I would try to make jewelry so many times. Like I love working with my hands. So I would, when I was really little, I would like make friendship bracelets and I would sit outside my door with like a little table that my dad set up for me and I would try to sell them. And then like, you know, sometimes we would move to the local park and I would sit at the park trying to sell my bracelets made out of like, either it's like, you know, friendship bracelets out of uh, embroidery thread, thread mm -hmm. or with like beads and stuff and, and, you know, all of that. And I guess when you're younger, it's, it's sort of passed off as like, oh, it's just a hobby. Like she just wants to do that. But I think they've, they've overlooked the fact that it's not entirely about me making the thing it's me trying to understand like oh how do I price these things how like will this actually sell and that was the thing that fascinated me and how old were you then oh like probably as early as like four or five I want to say and when you were when you were doing this did you ever ask for help and did you ever ask for like your parents' opinion on like, oh, mom, like how much do you think I should sell this for? Or is it more of like, this is a lemonade stand, five cents sort of thing? I think I, I was pretty self, like, you know, I was pretty independent in my pricing and whether it sold or not. I mean, sometimes they'd be like, you, you made like $15. Oh, good for you. You know, like yeah. I was surprised. I didn't expect <laughs> you to make anything, you yeah. know? And when you're a kid, that's okay. Cause they don't care what you do as long as you come home safe. Um, whereas when you're an adult, I think the story changes a little mm -hmm. bit. Cause it's like, what are you doing with your life? What do you mean you're starting a business and you're not making money immediately? You know, then money kind of becomes a bigger factor. Okay, I kind of like I've been thinking about like I never uh, about this and I want to dig into it a little bit. So you you have talked about in previous episodes where your parents, you know, like your dad working multiple jobs, you know, even to this day and mm -hmm. even like, you know, while you're growing up um, and, you know, again, like them working at like um, like blue collar jobs mm -hmm. and again, even to this day, and they've always worked for somebody else, yeah. right? So where, where does this like entrepreneurial spirit came from for you? Because it sounds like to me, you've always had this inside of you, mm. but then your immediate family, like your parents, 
weren't exactly that. Yeah. So like, where did you get that from? Honestly, I, I don't even know. <laughs> like there, I don't have a family member that does the same thing, which is why I always like felt a little bit alone because nobody, like I had nobody to talk to about it. And you're right. Like my dad, my dad in one of his two jobs, he's a chef and he has tried to propose the idea of opening a restaurant but my mom always shot him down and said like you know with restaurant with the restaurant business you kind of have to you have to be there a lot you spend a lot of time sitting around like guarding your business and she didn't want that kind of life so she turned him down and said like no I don't want to do it and on other occasions my dad would be like oh I have this like cool business idea but then never really go through with it so I feel mm -hmm. like for me I always had that determination that I at least wanted to try. And if it failed, it's okay. It's not a big deal, you know? So would you say that even though your parents didn't go through with sort of like going out on their own, doing their own thing ideas, would you say that they, they've still encouraged you that it's okay to do so? Or have, they, have you ever felt discouraged? Oh, all the time, especially for being a girl. So yeah. one of my other side hustles was like, I wanted to import accessories, jewelry, like ties and um, things like that. And I was working with a friend who, he, he is Chinese. So we had like a good connection and we we're going to get some stuff from China and maybe sell it here. And when I proposed that, like, I wanted to go and tour the facilities, basically my parents were like, don't be stupid. They shot that down immediately because they were like, you're a girl, you're going to go over there, you're going to get kidnapped, you're going to get, like, people are going to take advantage of you, you don't know what's going to, like, how, what you're going to end up doing there, um, and there's no safety, you can't go. So it was, like, immediately a no. So anything that was risky or, like, you know, anything that, didn't have a guaranteed income or like the risk was too big was highly discouraged and how old were you then oh definitely in my like <laughs> 20s i was old enough to make my own decision and i mean but still going overseas and doing it by myself was a scary thought so i didn't pursue that that is really interesting mm. because because I'm trying to figure out where this like resilience, like 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 where do you get it from? Yeah. Because especially you know like again you know in our one of our previous episodes we talked about you know how growing up as Asian girls and even just like as a child mm -hmm. you know um, all we ever want is to seek approval from our parents and our loved ones mm -hmm. and. And it sounds like you've been disapproved so many times in the past in your pursuit of your own happiness. Yeah. But then you didn't, like, you never backed out. Like, how did you find that, like, strength, right? Because especially from your parents, I think, like, I personally have been scarred from, like, you know, not being supported by my parents and mm -hmm. my endeavors. Mm -hmm. But actually, in saying this out loud right now, I think I get a sense of why and confirm yes or no. Um, I think, and then part of why I became really resilient is because I sort of use their disapproval as 
a fuel from my fire of wanting to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, let me show you that this is actually doable. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely it's definitely that. And I'm I'm curious that you're saying it because your parents have their own business. They are entrepreneurs. So, what what was the reasoning behind why they they didn't encourage you to do the same? I think is because. I mean, they, I wouldn't say they, like, write out, like, discouraged me mm. from doing the things I wanted to try. But, again, going back to what you were saying earlier, it's always one of those things where it feels like, oh, Anna's just in one of her phases, mm-hmm. you know? Like, she's just going to try it out it and realize, like, it's not going to work out, mm. and she's on to the next thing. Yeah. You know, and admittedly, I think, like, growing up, I've always had that pattern, you know, for better or for worse, you know, as a creative person. Mm -hmm. um, I have very short attention span to doing just one thing. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. And I think, and I think oftentimes it's bite me in the butt because I I didn't really have a plan. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then, so in hindsight, it's like, yeah, like, that was so dumb, (laughs) you know? But then, like, I would not have known that had I not tried. Yeah. And again, I think you learn so many things that even you don't realize when you're younger. Maybe it's a failed endeavor. Maybe it's something that wasn't really thought out. But unless you went through it, you don't actually know. You can always... You can always say what if. You can always mm-hmm. assume what's going to happen, hypothesize, and then you know try to walk through it all. But then when you don't have all the life factors in place, it's not real, you know. So the fact that you did it led you to to what you're doing today, and you might do something differently in a couple of years, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so I want to know more about what else you've done. <laughs> you're like okay, like what through. else? Okay, yeah. so you talked about how like when you were little, you sold friendship bracelets, and mm-hmm. you made them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in your 20s, like early 20s, like you wanted to start your like importing business. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a gap between like your teenage years, between like friendship bracelets and like importing business? I think I always like, I always talked about it. I always dreamt about it. Like um, I wanted to open like a restaurant. And then when I was like really interested in coffee I wanted to have like a cafe you know and I would wherever I worked like I worked um part-time since I was since I was like of legal age to work I had always had a job and like so many different jobs so while I was there I think I always like looked at how businesses were managed and tried to think of like ways that it would be feasible and I would get these ideas and I guess back then I would keep pitching them to people like my friends, my family. I'd be like, what if we did this? Like, what if there was an app that did this? And people showed very little interest, especially in Toronto. I think everybody's just, you know, they know exactly what, what path they're going down. They're going to school and then they know like, I'm going to go and be an accountant and I'm going to go to school for it. And then when I graduate, I'm going to be an accountant. I didn't meet that many people that were, that had ideas of things that weren't weren't currently available and then wanted to make that happen. So this wasn't just like within your family, this was like within your friends group mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
what else did I do? I think, um, so I actually ran like a, a charity club at my university. So I was like president of the Heart and Stroke Club. And when we did that, we always had to do fundraisers. And so, you know, I think this is a, a thing that I learned pretty early on. So I would contact, for example, like contacted an ice cream company. And it's so weird. Looking back, ice cream and, and heart attack, like heart disease prevention <laughs> doesn't really go hand in hand. Um, but the, we had no. like, yeah, it didn't make but sense. But it doesn't matter. Right. But we had a company that like yeah. would donate a whole bunch of ice cream to us on a really hot day and we sold it. And then the donations were used to like go back to the charity yep. and stuff like that. So Love we always it. had you know, events. And then, you know, the bracelet thing popped up again where it was like, oh, I I taught a whole bunch of high school students how to make like a particular bracelet. And we worked on packaging. We worked on like how to sell it, how to price it. And then they sold a whole bunch. And through the school, we're able to donate to the charity too. Amazing. So it's like, I just, I really enjoy doing these kinds of things. And I don't think that was like a career option for me, but I was always drawn to it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I want to hear so about cool. all your different side hustles. Um, I don't, I almost don't, okay. <laughs> tell me, tell me if they are considered to you like side hustles. And are they side hustles because we needed more money or are they side hustles because we weren't ready to go all out? Um... I think all of that. Mm. Um, so when I, the first business I tried to start, I was, it was during the time that I dropped out of college. Mm -hmm. And um, it was during the time when actually um, in our previous episode that we've released, um, we had talked about mental health mm -hmm. and in the episode I had talked about how I suffer from clinical depression for five years. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, um, there's definitely, I share more details, yeah. um, in that episode, but it was during that period when I tried to start my first business, mm -hmm. which was like the most insane time to even try to start a business because I was not in a mental space to even attempt to do that. But again, it's like one of those things where I thought, okay, it was something to do mm -hmm. to keep my mind off of like being depressed, I mm -hmm. guess. And so, like, I dropped out of college, you know, and I was, I had this like demon with my family, and then I just like did not give a crap mm -hmm. about like money and life, and I just wanted to like, like, um, make other people's life miserable if that makes sense um okay. by like <laughs> taking by like taking money from my dad you know mm -hmm. it was just like insane it was just like a crazy time yeah and um and so so I started like um I designed these like um deconstructed like um women's tops mm -hmm. um and each top can be worn like several different ways so it's like a customizable top That's so cool. and then um and it's so funny because I remember one of the posts that I've done on my Instagram I have openly said how back in like 
the 90s and the early 2000s, the word couture is so ill-used. Mm-hmm. And I definitely contributed to that because <laughs> the brand that I had at the time was Anchin Couture, thank you. <laughs> and hilarious, I know. And But then, like, I hired, like, a web designer. And, like, this is where, like, I'm, like, totally dating myself because back then when I was trying to start a brand, like, Flash was, like, a big thing, uh-huh. you know? So all the website is, like, super, like, flashed out, you know? And you have to have all these, like, crazy, like, you know, animation. It was just, anyways. And then, and then so I worked with, like, a web designer. You know, I, like, worked on my own packaging and, like, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, had a, like, web store. And then I was trying to get it into, like, local boutiques and da-da-da. And... Um, but again, like at the time, like I had no idea what I was doing because one, I didn't finish my college degree and two, I don't, I didn't have any job experience. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really understand like, um, how to build my inventory, how to properly drop ship, how to set up my bank account, how to like all of those things, which is like, mm-hmm. like I just focus on the product. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that like quickly went to poop yeah and um and chan couture don't worry <laughs> don't worry when you get famous it's coming back <laughs> no but then it's fine because then you know so then i ended up like sitting on like all these inventory that did not sell um for a long time mm-hmm. you know and um wait did you get did you do like a big order of it yeah oh my god how yeah. big i had um I think I had close to like 800 units or something. Oh, wow. Like total. Where did of, you like, store that? In my garage. <laughs> for like years and years. Yeah. Um, Wait, do you still have any more? No, Vintage I ended up donating. Oh, man. All of it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, no, it's better this way. Trust me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then that was like, and then so I did that like while I was depressed and um, didn't go very far, obviously, because of that. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and then after that, I like I figured out my depression thing. You guys can, you know, listen to how I figured that out in the other yeah. episode. But I yeah. figured that out. I was fine. And then I um, went back and got my degree and then went to work um, for corporate companies. Mm-hmm. And then it was at my second, I started working on it in my first corporate gig Mm -hmm. as a side hustle. So I started another apparel brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And meanwhile, you're probably like, Ann, why did you do like all apparel brand? Because that was what I study in college. I have a fashion design degree. Mm -hmm. Um, It was only like seven years ago that I started doing footwear design. Mm -hmm. So that's why like a lot of my earlier career stuff are all apparel related. And so it was in my first corporate gig that I started working on a side hustle, and this is for an outerwear company, mm-hmm. and um, it was called Swellas, mm-hmm. um, and it was... Swellas, like S-W-E-L-L-A-S. Mm-hmm. Okay. As well as, but with the A, like... Oh, like, that's cute. No that's A in so the front. That's cute. Okay, um, I like that. And, and so, like, I really wanted to do like a mission-based fashion business that was like very similar to like Tom's model like back then where when you buy a unit like I would donate a unit to somebody in need Mm -hmm. and so um so my like mission was like every jacket I sell I would donate a jacket Mm -hmm. and then so 
I started I that hustle when I was at my first corporate gig. And then once I got to my second corporate gig, like I continued that. And then I launched that side hustle while I was at my second corporate gig. Mm -hmm. And then, again, it's a side hustle because it was just something I wanted to do for fun. Yeah. And I know immediately up front it wasn't going to make me enough money. Mm. And so I only worked on it like after work, mm -hmm. you know, because I needed the financial stability of a full-time job mm -hmm. for me to even pursue something else. Yeah. And so that's why it was a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way where we're always doing something else, whether we were in school, whether we were working, like pursuing our own career is always just an afterthought. It's like something we can do in our free time, you know, because that, again, that, that courage to like really go into it and give it your all. I don't think it came until we were forced into it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, um, both of us sort of went all out around when COVID hit and when we were in quarantine because that we had so much free time, nowhere to go. And it's like, well, what do you do with it now? Yeah. But I, I think it's so funny when you said um, like the Tom's model where it's like you buy one and then I'll give somebody else one, which reminds me of like when I was coming up with my quote unquote business model um, back in the day, which was like um, the bracelets that I made, I had put some kind of, I, I guess you can call this a gimmick looking back, but it was like, um, it was a bracelet made with um, like semi-precious, like semi-precious stones. And the, the bracelet itself was not meant to stay on very long. So you tie a knot and it's basically for you to form like some kind of habit. So you like set an intention for yourself and when the bracelet falls off, like the bracelet is there to remind you to continuously keep up your word on this, you know, whatever it is goal that you set. And then when the bracelet falls off, then, you know, you've had it, you've done that so often, the habit now becomes like mm, part of your daily mm -hmm. routine. And it's like, oh, I love that. A little bit, I know, but like it's, it's a little bit kind of gimmicky, you know, like that was what I was using that was what my intentions were for the product. And I think it was, there isn't, there is a, actually a bracelet brand that does it. There, are, I still see it to this day mm -hmm. in stores where they have, you know, a little card and then there's a bracelet on it, whether it's like friendship bracelet or it has like beads on it. And then it says something, you know, like whether this is like representing your love life or your friendship or whatever. And I'm like, see, I was trying to do that, <laughs> you know, but like other yeah. people have successfully done it and like kind of made it even bigger, you know? Yeah. And I almost feel like, was it because we didn't keep up with it or like, what was, how did, how did you take the failure? I don't want to call it a failure, but like your business work, not working out or you giving up on that idea. Yeah. Um, was probably the hardest one for me because mm -hmm. I really, I really loved what it was about. Mm -hmm. And, um, I will put it on record today because I'm really proud. Like we did end up donating 200 jackets to, um, That's through operation warm, yeah. um, to, um, and we did like a jacket drop on Oakland and so I got to, like, meet the kids and their families, and it was, like, amazing. That's incredible. Um, and I think, again, like, that was that one was really hard for me because, you know, I, I got to, like, kind of 
see it from the beginning all the way to the end where I actually got to do a donation drop. Mm -hmm. And it was like a full circle moment. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, this is why I wanted to do it to begin with. And I think it was, and I can make all the excuses today of mm -hmm. why it didn't work out, mm -hmm. you know, when at the end of the day, I was just lazy. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like if I have to put like a reason behind why I didn't go forward with it is because I just got burned out, you right. know, like working a full-time job and then working on my side hustle. But then it also is like somebody can just like, listen to what I'm saying right now and just basically say in my face that I just didn't want it bad enough, which like I it wouldn't be a far reach, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because I think like the me then versus the me now is also a very different person, yeah. you know, and I think my desire of wanting to push harder now is so much more, so much greater mm -hmm. than the me then. Mm -hmm. And so, but then again, like I, I really truly believe that like I was right where I was supposed to be and everything was supposed to happen in that moment in time totally. for me to be in a position that I am today. So like I can't, I'm not upset by it. Mm -hmm. It was just like, sometimes I think about it, it was, you know, I would just wonder like what else could I have done with it? Mm -hmm. If Swellas was like the next big brand, then we wouldn't be here. You know, you wouldn't, maybe you wouldn't have found sneakers. I wouldn't, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you know, I, I think it's like, it's a couple of things. Like, you don't want it bad enough. And when you're doing things, I just felt it was always a side hustle because um, you always just gave it your extra time. And I believe in my window of productivity in a day, which is roughly between like, let's say 10 to 12 hours, maybe even less, maybe like eight hours where you are actually conscious about the decisions that you're making, the things that you're doing. You can like really think about um, and like be very insightful about what you're doing. And afterwards, you're just on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the time we, we were allowing ourselves to kind of entertain this idea of owning a business is when we were on autopilot. That's like, let me do the bare minimum for to, to create a business and then let's see where it goes and something's gonna show up something some kind of sign is gonna show you that you should continue doing it like for example you're gonna make a ton of money which never really happens so mm -hmm. then you're never like motivated to continue and and you just let it kind of drop off you know so for me it was like Selavik was always something that persisted through all of that you know I Selavik started out on Etsy as like a side hustle, it totally was to just earn extra income. It was not insightful. I did not think, I always would sit there, you know, planning a website or trying to plan marketing. Like, how do I get my name out there? But it always like, there was always a little hesitation to go any further. And it wasn't until I was fully committed to the process that I feel like I can spend all of my time. And even now, now that we're doing it full time, we still sit here and we're like, we don't have enough hours in the day to do everything we want for the business. So it's like you you finally understand that running your own business takes full attention. It takes full attention. Also, like, I, I want to say it out loud because I think a lot of our people also come to us with this question of, like, how did you turn this into a full-time job? Or how did you get a studio? Like, what, you know... 
what led to that. Mm -hmm. And everything that we just talked about led to this. Yes. But make make no mistake, you know, the pressure of running our own business is full time Mm -hmm. is like 10 times higher than it was that like when it was just our side hustle Mm -hmm. because when it was just our side hustle we had the comfort of a stable income Mm -hmm. but doing it full-time now it's scary yeah the pressure is high yeah high 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 Mm -hmm. so um yeah how did you i'm curious how did you feel when you yourself knew that you were going to do this full-time all in some days I still don't think I'm going to be doing this full-time all in. Some days, okay. literally, like, I'm like, oh, maybe I should, like, apply for a job. <laughs> there's always, yeah. There's you know, that. because I, I really did not plan for this. Mm-hmm. If I'm being really honest with myself and with you and with our audience, I, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to quit my full-time job. I'm going to start my own thing. Mm-hmm. It literally happened by accident mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And and I've always been one of those people where like I I feel comfortable adapting to what is happening in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of pointing me towards the direction of like, oh, okay, well maybe maybe now's the time to try. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't, I wasn't resistant to it. In fact, I had to like convince my loved ones to, you know, to like allow me this opportunity to try it. Yeah. Um, what did you say to them? Um, to one person, actually. Okay. okay. <laughs> to my husband, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, he, I, I think Vicky, you know me by now, where like I've always like been that person where like, I just do whatever the hell I want. You don't ask for permission. I don't, which is like terrible because like at least the other person, at least my teammate to think that, well, I'm not part of your team, Mm -hmm. you know, that to me there is an I in team, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so it's, it's not always the best scenario because I'm so just kind of like, like wild and, and just like wanting to do my own thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I think my loved ones have always been supportive because they have no choice but to be supportive of me. Um, because again, I'm also one of those people where like, the more you tell me not to do something, the more I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So I think it wasn't something that I was asking permission for. It was sort of like, an announcement of this is what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can get on board or like, you know, or mm-hmm. we can like, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's not always the best case, like best way to present my case um, because, yeah, it doesn't always make the other person feel good about it. But mm-hmm. I'm working on that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, you, right now you're, I think it's more like, not that you don't want to tell them, but you have this idea and you have this direction that's pulling you and you yourself don't really know where it's going to go either, you know? Yeah. Like you're still figuring things out. So it, it's hard to put in words and we share partner. Well, we don't share partners. Oh my God. 
we have partners who share, excuse me, similar traits, which is like they're very um, practical when it comes to things. Like they want to know the stats. They want to know yeah. how much time and, and all of these things. And I don't think either of us think about, like we don't think too hard about it. And it's really hard to know when you're starting out a business that not a lot of people do, you yeah. know? Like how are we going to measure what our ROI is you yeah. know, when we haven't even started yet? And that was the kind of thing that they wanted to see. So. Wait, what about you? Same question. I, I think I'm like the opposite of you where I'm so uncertain about things. I question everything. I overthink everything. So, I mean, I ran away from home. I am in America, even though the rest of my family is in Canada. So I like distanced myself from expectations and all of that. And I have, you know, my partner who we share a life with. And I think he was aware that I always wanted to do this. I like dreamed about it. I would spend time like sitting at home just planning things out like, look, here's what I think I could do with this business. And I would just do so much research, look in the market and on and go on and on and on and on about it. So I'm pretty sure he was aware that this idea was like nagging at me and I needed to do it. Um, and then when it came time to like fully do it, of course, we were in quarantine, nothing better to do, might as well do that. And I think I started seeing signs. So I, we went into it kind of gradually, like, let's give this a chance, like probation period, you know, a couple of months. Um, and then I started seeing signs like, oh, there's, a, there's an increase in interest from people. Wait, people actually like this kind of stuff. More people are doing it. Look at all the people that are doing sneakers. You know, sneakers is suddenly, not suddenly, but like a much bigger thing than it was before. And I feel like all the things in the universe kind of came together to give me signs to keep going. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was like, no, I have to test this out. I have to see this through to the end, even if it's an epic fail. And I lost five years of my life that I could have been making steady income. I don't care. Like I need, I don't want to, I don't want to regret all these ideas that I have that keep me awake at night and not being able to do it. Yeah. And so often people around me will throw out ideas and they never do it. And that's something that, that bothered me to the core that I had to do this. Cause yeah. I'm like, I want to show you that if you just persist and if you just trust your gut and don't give up, that it is possible. Mm -hmm. You know, like some people are like, oh, it would be such a great, like I would make so much money if I did this. Well, do it then. Yeah, yeah. Right? Talk is cheap. Yeah. But if you actually take action, like how many people, there are so many success stories that are like really simple. You know, people are like, oh, I just wanted to do this. And they put a lot of time into it, a lot of years, a lot of ups and downs and failures. But then in the end, they come out doing something that they love. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason why. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the moral of this episode is don't talk about it, be about it. Yes. Okay. Oh, I like that. I like that. Let's make a sign. Yeah. Merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. I like I like to learn about all your little side hustles that brought you where you are today. I know. Yeah. I'm not quite done, but we can save that for next time. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, we really appreciate you. Um, if you have any comments, um, please let us know and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>